Hello, and welcome to Talkie Talk, podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Hello. And Chris. Hey. And we're going to be talking about the things we've been watching. And then we're going to be talking about the things you'll be watching. And in between, hit some news. All right, who wants to start it off? Let's start off with Chris. Hey, so I watched a movie. Uh, I got an iPad because I just decided to spend stupid money. Just like on a whim, I was like, I'm gonna get iPad. So with that, I great. downloaded like <laughs> Amazon, like Prime Video and Netflix. And uh, one of the things on Prime Video that I could watch uh, was t- Transformers: uh, The Last Night. Uh, so I watched that. <laughs> Had you seen the previous Transformers? Uh, not all of them. Mm, okay, I've seen Transformers. The like, not the original. That's, you know, the cartoon in the 80s. Right. Um, but, and then I've seen uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, the second one. Okay. And then I think I've seen the third one, but I'm not positive. Is that Dark of the Moon? Dark of the Moon, yeah. Okay. And then it's Age of Extinction, and then oh this one. Oh my god, I completely forgot. <laughs> well, that was, that I was talking to TJ Basic, I think I've seen that one, that's the one with Mark Wahlberg, right? And I go, I think he's in two of them. And so then I looked it up. Because you you are introduced to Cade Yeager in uh, the last night, and it's just like you're just supposed to know who he is and why these dinosaurs are living in this junkyard, these metal dinosaurs. <laughs> so uh, weird. But uh, but yeah, it introduces uh, this like young woman who's like the world now knows about Transformers. They know that they are an alien menace, and so there is like a, a paramilitary task force. That is set to, like, shut them down and, like, destroy them. And the <clears throat> they have, like, contaminated zones where there are, like, dead Transformers or, like, where they, you know, fought. And they apparently keep, like, crash landing on Earth. Like, some something is drawing them to Earth. But, yeah, so I had no idea. Because when he was like, I saw it with Mark Wahlberg, I was like, oh, this one's got Mark Wahlberg and Stanley Tucci. Who reprises his role as Merlin? That Merlin, like actual uh, Merlin? Yeah, no, from Guardian, uh, uh, Golden Compass. Nope, Kings, Kingsman. No, he's Merlin in that though, right? But no, that's not Stanley Tucci. Sorry. That's uh, <laughs> sorry, that's other bald British, well, not British. Ben guy. Kingsley? No, um, Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark yeah. Strong. No, no, he plays the wizard Merlin. <laughs> Because the movie opens in the year 426 A.D. Just real quick, I was getting uh, what to watch already on my phone, and I've stopped. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it opens in in, in Britain in 426 A.D. Uh, during the uh, like Arthurian legends. Stanley Tucci is uh, Merlin, and he's drunk. But he says that he has magic, and he doesn't really, but he has run into a spaceship that landed on Earth, and this, all the Transformers in the spaceship combine into one three-headed dragon and uh, help defeat the Barbarians. And then it <laughs> quick jumps to present day, well, I guess near future, um, where uh, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins is... Is working with a small, like, English gentleman robot man uh, to find 
to find Merlin's staff. And it's unclear why they are doing that, because there's no reason. And they can't say that there's no reason, but there is no reason. What does any of this have to yeah, do with Transformers? Hold on, Brent. <laughs> Get it. God. So then, somehow, um, a talisman from the uh, Arthurian Transformer robots who turned into the big dragon selects Cade Yeager and attaches itself to him. So he's got, like, a metal, like, arm brace now. Just because. And then Optimus Prime leaves to go to Cybertron and is being manipulated by the Transformers god Quintessa, who is going to use... This this is back to normal Transformers. (laughs) Wait. Who is going to use the life force of Earth, which was originally called uh, Onicron. Naturally. And Onicron is actually a Transformer. Uh, so the Earth is... We don't see that coming. The, the Earth is, is actually a robot. Oh, the whole Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The yeah. world is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, these big like metal spires are coming out of the Earth that no one saw before because who put are geologists? Uh, <clears throat> and... It makes sense. Like, sometimes this robot gets cold and that's why we have summer. <laughs> 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 just turn the furnace up, overclocking the earth. We didn't want this robot to be lonely, so we gave it a moon. <laughs> um, it is known. <laughs> so yeah, so the whole thing is is Cade Yeager and his uh, and the great, the long lost descendant of Merlin, uh, trying to find Merlin's staff, and then they can stop Quintessa somehow. Um, but that part is never clear, and they don't ever actually do it. But they do stop the planet from eating Earth. So, that's good. Um, oh, and you know how <laughs> the character from the first one that Shia LaBeouf played is named Sam Witwicky? Yeah. Well, turns out there's an ancient mysterious order called the Witwickens. Mer- wow. Merlin Merlin's last name was Witwicky. <laughs> <laughs> and the Witwickens are basically, they're like, Anthony Hopkins lists off like, 20 people, and it's like, Leonardo da Vinci, Amelia Earhart, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that. It's yeah. so like all Charlie these... Chaplin. <laughs> um, Buster Douglas. <laughs> and John Turturro's in it, but he... Wade Box. <laughs> John Turturro's in it, but he's in, but he's in Cuba, and Cuba has become a refuge for Transformers. Wait, John Turturro... Is a actor in the movie, or he's yes. one of the members of this ancient order? <laughs> no, he's best friends with Wade Box. No, he he does become a member of the order later, but he gets sworn in by Anthony okay. Hopkins. So, wait, Cuba is a refugee. Yeah, Cuba is a refuge for Transformers. So they're all living there. But wait, Cuba's a robot. But it's all everything, <laughs> everything's a robot. I'm just saying, like Cuba is like this robot Earth's like nipple or something. Just <laughs> chilling on it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, we are right now. Doesn't matter if it's Cuba. Wait, this is a documentary. <laughs> oh no! This is like their version of like an environmental message film. It's like stop drilling for oil. The robot needs oil. You think Michael Bay has a movie with an environmental message? Earth is dying. No, it's just about explosions. Okay, so Cuba is a refuge for who now? 
Transformers. Okay. So the Transformers live there. And Did this play... happen like in the Cuban Missile Crisis? Was that all? This? No, it happens just like before the events of this movie. And so John okay. Turturro is there. So like as soon as Cuba them. has open borders, they're like fill it with robots. <laughs> yes. Okay. All, the, the, the robots, the robots who look like 1957 Chevys. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, they're like, this place sucks. <laughs> All the cars are ugly as shit. <laughs> Optimus Prime doesn't fit in there. All the Transformers play soccer down there, which is weird, but... And they, like... Wait, for real? Yes. <laughs> I can't tell when the jokes are still going and when you're actually... I haven't made a single joke about this movie. Everything I've told you happens in this movie. They play soccer. Yeah, they good? They, they down there, I guess so, but they, they play with John Turturro, who's a human-sized man. <laughs> so I'm well, guessing he's not very good. Well, it makes sense, because the or ones really who, good. <laughs> the ones the ones who can throw a good slaughter would have defected by this point. True. Yeah. So. The Yankees would have seen them a long time ago. <laughs> but, yeah, it is a real interesting movie. Not like interesting and like a oh that's interesting but like hmm, that was an interesting decision. Uh, it makes sense why that was the last one that Michael Bay directed, uh, and that people were like well, I'm surprised the bumblebees. So do they find the staff? Yes. What do they do with it? Hold it, and then it stops. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> well, oh, that, that's now. a magical staff. <laughs> We must find this staff before more people watch this movie. <laughs> you were the first person to make it all the way to the staff holding scene. But we do you get Bumblebee's real Earth. voice for the first time. What is this? It sounds like a fucking... It's Gilbert Godfrey. Dude. It sounds like a machine man. That's it. Not for the first time. Okay. When, when did he ever talk normally? In Bumblebee. Oh, well, Bumblebee's a prequel. Yeah, I meant like it's a prequel and it came out afterwards, so this would be the first time. This came out in 2017. Oh, okay, I didn't know. So what it was supposed out. to be this like big emotional pull because Optimus Prime, who is now known as uh, fuck, what is it, Nemesis Prime? I think that's what he calls himself. Somehow, yeah. he's decided to change his name from Optimus to Nemesis. The paperwork was a pain. <laughs> <laughs> Which like. If you're in a movie and you're like being mind controlled into thinking what you're doing is right, why do you pick something where it's like, well, I'm a bad guy, so I'm gonna go by Bad Guy Jones now. Why don't you just pick like I don't know, like Steve, Steve, <laughs> Optimus Steve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's fighting Bumblebee, <clears throat> and Bumblebee uses his real voice, and it's so like Optimus Prime's bad in this one. Yes, and then he's good. Was he, was he like mind controlled or something? Yes. By the evil goddess Quintessa. TJ, you have to keep up. <laughs> is the Quintessa Earth? Quintessa. Is no. she Earth? No, she's she's the That's creator Gaia. goddess from uh, from Cybertron, the planet, their home planet. Okay. And to defeat her, they have to give her a staph infection or something. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. These movies are bad. <laughs> I mean, and it makes sense because they were made by someone who is insane and who just likes to see things... Like big and explode. It sounds similar, minus the explosions, plus the like paintings coming to life. But Brent and I watched a pretty bad movie <laughs> this past week. We saw Velvet Buzzsaw finally. Ah, yes, Velvet Buzzsaw. That's a movie. Doesn't really work great if we all stop everything we're doing. <laughs> to write, stop talking. These, these timestamps are for you, <laughs> listener. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it was. First off, super disappointing because the trailer looked kind of fun. 
Yeah. Um, but it's not a good movie. I think I gave it two stars. Another box. It's not really a... I mean, some of the jokes about high art are funny. Um, yeah, like the... Also, the the thing that you can see coming, but it's it's like the joke the guy, that they do with the guy who walks up to the bag of trash, and he's just like, oh, this is really interesting. Right. He's like, that's not art. Or like, like, I get what you're saying. At one point, somebody gets their arm chopped off, and they lay by the by an art exhibit, and they lay by the art exhibit for like most of the day. Yeah. Because people walk by, and they're like, ooh, art. <laughs> like, and then in the background, you'll see people like staring at light switches. That's funny. Some, yeah. Some good, like, environmental comedy, almost. But, uh, there's not a lot going on. Jake Gyllenhaal plays an art uh, critic, so it definitely goes to... I don't know if y'all seen Adam Ruin's everything on high art, but it's fairly interesting. Um, but pretty much the critics just make everything the price that they, they want, and then people will, <clears throat> you know, hoard art by somebody, but only release bits of it at a time. To up, it's all like a bullshit scam. Right. Yeah. So... That's pretty much what the movie's about, and then the art. Punishing the people who do that, and the people who profit off art. Because you notice that, like, uh, people who don't profit off art, or the artists, are are not, they're spared in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the girl from Stranger Things, Mm -hmm. uh, the sister, older sister, um, is spared. But, yeah. Was there a character we were even supposed to connect to in this movie? And, like, was there a protagonist? Well, Jake Gyllenhaal is the first to realize that anybody who profits from this particular artist art is dying in like horrific ways. Was that and in the trailer they say like he used his own like blood to paint, like mixed in his own blood in the paint. Is that like what's giving it this like, it magical just, quality? It's or? just an old guy who went through a bunch of weird fucking bullshit and left in his will to destroy all of his art. And this girl finds the art <clears throat> and decides she can be rich by selling it because okay. it's amazing. Um, yeah. the, the weird part is that it is still seen like there are people walking down the street they're like this art is incredible like it actually like any art is better than any other art like I know there are artists that are better than me I'm not saying that but I'm saying like it's all subjective and there's not much difference in skill between people that are billionaires because of their art and people that make like $20,000 a year off their art right like once you're a professional artist you're all about the same <clears throat> right so Jake Gyllenhaal I thought did a Fine job with what he had to work with. Um, did a he always gives it his all, you know. And the visuals of the art coming to life were cool to see. Yes, the effects were good, but there's just not a lot of fucking story there, man. No, no. It's so this this is the guy who wrote and directed Nightcrawler, right? Yes, yes. So I I feel like that movie similarly was like here's an idea and then let's make a movie. So I never saw Nightcrawler. I heard Crawler, Crawler, but I heard pretty good things about it. I mean, it's, I really like it. It's, yeah. it's good, and I really like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is a terrific monster, but... This movie was a story away from being good. Okay. Which, when that's the thing you're missing. It's unfortunate. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really have anything else to say about it. Nope. Uh, yeah, I would not recommend it to people. It's not the worst thing I'll probably see this year, but nothing that anybody's missing out on. I'll forget about it in two months. Me too. <laughs> Um, me and Chris just caught up on a movie that Brent had seen last week, and now we can kind of talk full spoilers about it, yeah, only it because it's super popular, not because there's a lot to talk about, I feel like. Here's the thing. Once a movie crosses the billion dollar threshold, I feel like spoiler discussions are fine. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Full spoiler on like, this and, and the next movie we're going to talk about. But we saw Captain Marvel. Yeah. Chris and I literally just did. Yeah. Um, 
Brent, your review last week was fucking on point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the easiest review to make, so I'm not like tuning for too much. Because <laughs> when you see a movie like that, you just go, movie. <laughs> that was a capital M movie. It feels like a movie that mine Brent's bullshit dumb corporation would make. <laughs> just call it don't movie. Don't tell people about it. They're giving away our trade idea. secrets. Yeah. Well, they don't know that we're that dumb. <laughs> they think like, oh, you said corporation, but he didn't name it. Well, <laughs> Welcome to podcast. <laughs> the podcast for corporation. <laughs> Website. Today we're talking about things. Send us an email at email at email.com. <laughs> at email at email.internet. <laughs> so Captain Marvel. Um, so yeah, uh, well, let's, let's, hear, like, let's hear what you're thinking on it. Um, <clears throat> there, it's weird. So one thing that I feel like superhero movies can do uh, well... And the great ones all do well. Uh, is have chemistry between their leads, and this one did have great chemistry between their leads at times, at times, right. mm-hmm. and not at other times. Yeah, um, I do feel like Samuel L. Jackson probably wins this movie for me. Yeah, I would, I would um, agree. But Brie Larson was fine. <clears throat> I really liked her in the role. I just did not like the story as much. Um, I felt like it was just, I thought maybe like, I, I, I get the, I get why they did an origin story. Not everyone knows the origin of this character. Um, you need to know, apparently you need to know before in game that you're getting Superman when she yeah. shows up, you know what I mean? Right. So I get that too. But it's just not the most interesting origin. So, I mean, it's, well, to me, it's not really an origin because it's, I mean, the, 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 the Kree that inhabits her. Marvel is like, you know, not really a, a thing here. That was in Doctor Lawson, right? And so then you start six years after Carol Danvers lost her memory from shooting a light speed engine, and then now she has photon ray powers, and you're just like, all right, go. And it's like, why, why here? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't understand. Is I don't, I don't really get. But, what precipitates this jump for her? I mean, this is just the... It's a connecting of the dots of, of like how she how she came to be known to humans. To S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's pretty much all it is. It's just... You know, and I don't hate trying to tie that together. I just wish there was just a more interesting story to it. Yeah. Um, I agree, yeah. I did... I liked the... Some of the stuff kind of seemed a little over the top to me. Uh, like, some of the music choices... I felt like the movie was also just like beating it over our heads constantly. That it was like, remember the nineties? Yeah, uh, it was. We were talking about that before you got here. That it was cute the first few times, and then it was like, oh my god, I get it. By the time I'm just a girl starts, uh, yeah, that was a little. I, I was just like, I was like, I'm just move, move on from the nineties references, please. Yeah. I get it. It felt like the way like the Big Bang Theory is written, where it's yeah. just like nerd, like, hey, we know some, we know some nerd stuff. Yeah. Um, it was like that. I don't know. There's a really funny video of, of around the time that uh, a Ready Player One the movie came out, and it's this guy just playing this really boring tune on his piano, and he has like written out lyrics, and it just says like, like remember Transformers, remember Terminator, remember like Legend of Zelda, remember Pokemon, and he just like goes through all these nerd references, and then he goes, that's what Player One is, and just like <laughs> plays this like dumb piano tune. It's funny, but that's what this reminded me of with like the. Crash lands in a blockbuster. Goes to a payphone. Radio like, Shack. Yeah, yeah. There's a, like, yeah. Those jokes are right after each other. The yeah. blockbuster and Radio Shack. 
Yeah. Um, and and then the multiple jokes about how people don't know how to use computers. Right. Um, yeah, also, like, it was weird because Blockbuster and Radio Shack were definitely around this decade. Yeah. So it's not like it was like, oh, look, Blockbuster Video. It's like, no, nah, like, I worked at one, like, five years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not long ago. I feel like I've been to a Radio Shack in the past three years. Yeah. Um, so there was it was also weird choices. Right. It's um, like it's like when when they do like any like in like hot tub time machine when they go back to like the seventies and they're like, Look, Crystal Pepsi, like dumb stuff like that. Yeah. Or like make a comment about how like oh, look, beers in cans, like aluminum like pop tabs. Yeah. And it's like, oh fuck. Like yeah, we get it. You went back in time. Your setting should do that job. And you shouldn't have your character say it out loud, otherwise it's poor writing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like any any story where an actor goes like, I'm really mad about this thing that happened. It's like, well, that's pretty lazy. Yeah. Because you could just have them say literally anything anything I'll, else in an angered tone. Yeah, just the characters walk around describing their emotions. <laughs> yeah. Sadness. Um, but I don't think... Other than Jude Law, I thought every all the performances were fine. I thought Jude Law was pretty pretty bad, in a, in a, in a character that was also pretty bad. So yeah, maybe not a hundred percent his yeah. fault. I thought Ben Mendelsohn was good. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, in, in the role, I think. Yeah, I thought his part worked. Um, I think they went to the cat joke well a few too many times. It again, it was the overkill. It was right. funny the first time, and then the three times after that, it wasn't that right. funny. And then they. Fucking incredited with the hairball thing. I leaned over to Kelly and I go, "If this last scene is another scene of the cat, I'm done with this movie. Like it's getting knocked down. Like I, I didn't hear you say that, but I did hear Kelly go, "I'm sorry, babe." <laughs> as soon as the cat popped up on screen. Um, yeah. interesting that that our pre-credit scene is a uh, straight up in game, straight up showing her hanging out with ScarJo and Captain America. Captain America. And- Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's exactly why I saw it. So mm-hmm. if they would have put that that scene in the beginning, I could have gotten up and walked out and been like, satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's how good Marvel is. I was telling Cast that on the way. I was like, Brent told me we didn't have to see this movie to see Endgame. And I trust him 100%. And I'm still going. Yeah. Marvel's done a good job <laughs> marketing that shit. Mm-hmm. That, uh, our, our trailers were definitely interesting because it was like, Marvel Disney, Marvel Disney, Marvel Disney, Marvel Disney, Marvel Disney, and now the movie's starting. It's like, oh shit, that's right. I, I always forget that they own everything. I feel like, uh, did you agree that this is not necessarily essential viewing for Endgame? I mean, other than just like, you need to know that she can shoot laser beams out of her fist. It's just, it depends who you are, which is a shitty way to answer that. Yeah. But like... <clears throat> Coming from a guy who like would have preferred they kept Katie Holmes and Batman, even though Maggie Gyllenhaal did a much better job, just being like a continuity poor kind of. Um, I think it's important for me to just to know her like personality a little before I. But do you know her personality at all? I know a little movie? bit about it. I mean, I know, I know, I know enough to make it where I'm not going to be like absolutely surprised by anything she does or says. The only the only real moral choice I think that she made, where where there was ever seeming internal conflict. Was when she's leaving the records room of that government office, of the Pegasus office, and she's about to leave Nick Fury, and then she hears people say, like, you know, we don't need him, like, kill him, and then she turns around and goes to save him. 
That's the only time that I that she did anything that was like, I don't know, really showed like motivation for me for her. Everything else is just like she's just she's being thrust Reacting. forward by curiosity. Yeah. Like it's not like there's well, any any fear or real impending doom. She's the only one who knows that Jude Law is coming in 23 hours, and they don't sell that ever. That like here's this thing that's going to happen and it's going to be really bad for the people of Earth. It's just like no, cause it's not that bad because he just wants you. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing about me that might be different for y'all, definitely for you, Chris, is like now I know she was a human before she got powers. Like I didn't know anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know a little bit more about just kind of what her story is. Like I, I could have gotten it by reading Wikipedia, but and I, I watched I, movies. And I almost, so. I guess my question is like, could this? I mean, Endgame's going to be like three hours long. Could this have been a five-minute like intro in, in Endgame at some point where it's just like somebody from the Avengers finds Nick Fury's little call thing and they find a file. There's like, wait, here's this like... I think original Avenger. You're... It's kind of dangerous water, though, like getting into that because it's a not a franchise but a group of movies that are tied together. So when you start saying that, then you're like, well, did we need Winter Soldier? Did we need Iron Man 3? Did we need Ragnarok to forward the story on? If, if Avengers Endgame is the only result we want, there are great movies that we didn't need. No, I'm not, so I'm not saying this should only exist to serve Endgame. I'm just saying that in the scope of Endgame, I don't know that this movie was that necessary. To watch. To watch. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like, I think... The same way that... I'm just saying that's not really a slight to the movie. Because Ragnarok is the same way, and it's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. 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 Like, Ragnarok is helped a lot by you already coming in with backstory about these characters. Like, it is the third Thor movie. Right. And you want to know about, like... Hulk and Thor, and here's this cool kind of buddy comedy with the two of them. Right. Um, whereas this, it's like, I, I, I just wanted a little bit more character development. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's not a great movie. And not a, I mean, it's not a I bad wouldn't call movie. it a good movie, yeah. but it's not, I wouldn't call it a bad movie either. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of nice things to say about Captain Marvel. Well, I, I keep going back to Sam Jackson. I think he was in, a, in his first, like, lead role in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the fights. I thought that they were shot really cleanly too. Like there wasn't a lot of like her first fight with the scroll was really cool. Yeah, and when she when she's got her arms bound yeah. in the canisters, yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. And I loved. I was telling TJ outside before he got here. I loved when she's like when she goes up to fight Ronan's ships. She realizes how strong she is. She's like blasting a couple of them, and then she just goes like full body through one. Yeah, yeah. it's just like oh, that's, really... that's like it's cool because you see her having fun. Mm-hmm. Like, because at the end of the day, she is still, like, this, like, warrior. Mm-hmm. And she has been. She, you know. And to see her just be like, oh, fuck, I'm such a good warrior now. And uh, I uh, I agree. I like those uh, scenes, especially the, the space fight. But yeah. um, one scene that also I liked, I could see how some might roll their eyes at it, is uh, I did like the way the her, like, picking herself up scene yeah. where that's cut together from all those moments So in that was life. the other thing I was going to say and it's going to sound like a slight to the movie but I thought the first scene where it was like super jumbled and you didn't know what was going on yeah. I was like oh this is clever filmmaking like this is some like kind of hard to grasp shit for a superhero movie but then the rest of the movie was just kind of normal until that scene Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was cool it wasn't I totally agree I could see where people would be like this is so fucking corny but I thought it was good I'll Yeah, I, I liked it too 
I also thought it was interesting because it, it almost requires that you have seen the trailer to really like gel with that because that is that's how the trailer is put together. Is it's put together? It was showing her like trying to like like piece together her memories. Yeah. So for them to only do it twice in the movie, it's almost like is this a callback to the trailer? Right. But I, I liked it too. I, I liked kind of the the weird sparring match between <laughs> Nat Benning and Brie Larson, which is a, a fun thing to be able to say. Yeah. <laughs> a laser battle between Annette Benning and Brie Larson. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that, that, that Jude Law was that compelling. I didn't think that Brie Larson was, I mean, Carol Danvers was that compelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the scrawl I liked. Yeah, I like them. They were fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, Brent saw a movie recently too that that Chris and I checked out last week or a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're at the theater with us, so you just watched. Yeah, I just watched us. Yeah, I was at the, I was at the theater with us. <laughs> uh, he was just in the front row, but turned around watching us watch Captain Marvel. I just thought it would be really fun to just dress in a red jumpsuit with a pair of scissors and go hang out outside the theater when for uh, when you know showings let out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be fun for ten minutes, and then the cops would make it not fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess that, I, I guess it would be a bad call to bring the scissors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just come with like kids' safety scissors, <laughs> so, like the ones you can run with. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's I I really liked us. I yeah. thought it was a very good movie, a a very fun, at times very funny, thrill rod of a movie. Yeah, the horror the horror renaissance is still pushing strong. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely, I think Lupita Nyong'o is amazing in the movie. Yep. Um, not to slight any of the other actors, I think all the adults in the movie do excellent jobs, mm-hmm. and the kids, which we mentioned earlier, uh, the kids are good enough to not ruin a movie. You know, like that's all kids have to do sometimes. Yeah, and I thought the twins, the the white girls, were good. Yeah, they were. I mean, they didn't have a lot to do, but they're fine. Mm-hmm. I still love that scene. They they can shriek really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I still love love that scene when they're getting back from the beach and. The girl's like, I'm going to go in my room. And Elizabeth Moss, she was like, then got in your room. Yeah. So, I, I I don't know quite, I still, oh, like like you said, we've, I got out of this movie an hour ago. Right. And so, uh, I'm still trying to kind of unpack the, the big story of the thing, like, like, and, and how I... Whether that it, like it nails it for me, or whether it's just sort of like hit and miss. Yeah. But on the finer points of the movie, which is the family and the action and the escaping from these people, it's uh, phenomenally well done. I think. Yeah. What uh, just because this movie is like critically acclaimed, I don't know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. It was 100 percent for a long time. Yeah. Um, what do you not like about it? anything? Oh no! It's, Jump out at you. It, there, there's nothing that I have found to dislike. It's just yeah. Trying, I was trying to like pry. I know, like, right? What? What if anything is there that you didn't love? Nothing, nothing to talk about right now. Nothing. Nothing. It's it's just sort of a. It's like it's not a. It's not a thing that I can point to that I disliked. If I disliked anything, it's more of the absence of like the thing like 
it's easy to compare it to Get Out. Right, Because sure. of Jordan Peele. Yeah. But, like, Get Out just, like, got its hooks into me, like, thematically, as well as, like, what I was just watching on screen. Yeah, I think I've talked about it, like, Get Out had that scene where you were like, oh, the cops are about to blow him away, and it ends up being his buddy. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, a phenomenal moment in cinema history, and it will be forever, and you instantly knew that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this doesn't have that. Right. Um, but it's still fucking great. Mm-hmm. Great fun. Great great movie to see in a big crowd at the theater. Yeah. Um, buy some popcorn. Spill that popcorn when you jump or something. It's right. A, it's a fun movie. I I think if, if I had to think about something that I would have... That I didn't like. The only thing that I think I walked away not liking was near the end when they're talking about how these people mirrored them and they would show the shots of them kind of in the subterranean layer, kind of like them like kind like of pantomiming everything. Sort of, yeah. Uh, I was fine with that, but then when it showed the people on the roller coaster, it was just like, ah, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. that got a little hokey for me. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't ruin the movie. Right. That was, I think that's, that's the one thing that stood out to me that I was like, wish that wasn't there. Right. There are a few things like the, I didn't, it, they're not things that I have a problem with. They're just things that, like, I don't clearly understand. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the the way the the son resolves his doppelganger. Yeah. Uses that, what you were talking about, uh, mimicry. But only that only worked for those two? Well, there's, yeah. there's I think there was a little bit of something I've assumed right wrongly so maybe that the there's the son had some especially knowing the ending uh full spoilers for us just so we're clear i wonder if there's something like that was some part of the others the shadows crept into the above ground sun yeah since his mom is uh, underground like by birth you know what i mean like i didn't know you know what i mean yeah, or or like, like he's the one who really is like spends time like bonding with his shadow. They spend that time in the closet and they do the mimicry bit. There's also something <laughs> severely wrong with his shadow, right? More so than any other shadow you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I mean he's an animal pretty much. Yeah, he's a burn victim. He doesn't walk like upright. Right. He, you know. Yeah. So there was just something different about those two. So I kind of let that explain it for me. Like, yeah, they're definitely different than the masses. The masses are. And like I said, it's not a thing that bothers me about the movie. It's right. just a thing where if it had, if something in the movie had just made it click with me, like, right. like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Because that makes sense. I love that. Then yeah. that would have, that would have made me like it even more, I think. Yeah, I just think that the difference between them and the rest of their, mm-hmm. you know, their world counterparts mm-hmm. was enough for me to be like, I guess that's why that'll happen and it can only happen with them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do. Is this, is your computer going to force restart? No. All right, good. But yeah, I, I recommend us. I strongly recommend us. I think it's been my favorite movie of 2019 so far. But I also haven't seen that movies of 20, or that many movies of 2019 so far, so. Yeah, I was looking at my list. I really haven't either. Uh, you know, I think about, like, does does this feel like it's a movie that could be in my top ten at the end of the year? I feel like it's a movie that, if it's a solid, if it's a normal year, should be 
at least making my list of movies to consider for yeah. my top ten at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see it there. And so that's definitely enough to strongly recommend it to folks. Yeah. <sighs> what else have we seen? Uh, Survivor. Reality yeah. Roundup. Yeah, I think we had our our first. Uh, <clears throat> TJ was saying it. Our first like good like really good episode this season. I was in need of it, man. I have not felt connected to this season in any way uh, until a little bit this week, finally. Yeah, there were people the episode before this week that were like, in the challenge, what do you mean? And I was like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. Yeah. yeah. Like, last week was the first time I saw Aurora, and I was like, who? who? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. It also makes me think when Brent was talking about how he thinks that, that like, someone from Lessie might win the game because... They're set having so they've got so much camera time. Yeah, and the other tribe like you would you just think that the way that these shows are put together like that they probably don't win because they like, they don't give a shit if you know their names at all. I mean, it's you know it is. I don't like thinking that way, but at the same time, it's like this. The, they're telling the story of the season, knowing how it ends, right? And we're not being told Julia or Julie's story, really. Right. We're not being told Aurora's story very much, so this doesn't feel like a game that Julie wins or right. Aurora wins. Yeah, I mean, because they don't. I mean, their resumes are also just worse. Yeah, point. there's no surviving they had to do. They're just like, what did you do to get here? It's like, well, I drew bags with Joe. <laughs> you know, definitely didn't feel like Joe's story this season either. No, no. It 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 feels very much like a like Wentworth. Like, and Wentworth and David are the two biggest, like... Wentworth, David, Lauren, Wardog. Devons? Yeah. Uh, then again, Devons may just get a lot of airtime because Devons is, like, the best, I think, storyteller of the season. He's and the camera FaceTime guy. He is good. Yeah, I mean, he's a local Georgia weatherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Devons. He's, uh... Oh, he, he's, he's the most he entertaining part. Yeah. Oh, the other guy's from Georgia, too. Ron? Ron Clark yeah. is, runs a school teacher, in Atlanta, right? and then uh, Rick Devins is a morning anchor in Macon. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's he's been really kind of the light in the show, and why I liked Wendy for so long, because she was actually doing stuff yeah. that people were talking about. As much as it didn't make sense for playing Survivor, it was at least like entertaining te- television. Right. And not just like Lauren doing confessionals where she's like, I'm so hungry, and it's like, yeah, we get it at the point of the fucking show. Everyone's hungry. She's the one who said out she missed her parents or something. Is that? I don't know. All I've heard her complain about is yeah, her being hungry and saying I blacked out a bunch. Yeah, and then she blacked out. <clears throat> I don't know why they didn't vote her off. Honestly, I would have in a heartbeat. Like even if she was my teammate, I'd be like she. She's gonna die out here. Yeah, she's she's clearly not. She's she's doing something wrong. That the rest of us are doing. She also is like the closest they have out there to like a professional athlete. Right. She probably, I mean, she's a D1 soccer player on a good soccer program, so she's probably got, like, a caloric, like, daily <clears throat> thing. She, you know, you eat 4,000 calories a day, and you turn that into muscle. Yeah. And that's not good when you're all of a sudden given... She, volleyball? Is that her? Oh, okay. It was, I thought it was volleyball, but I was mistaken. Okay. It's soccer at Baylor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, she's she's collapsing and blacking out in the middle of an immunity challenge. Like, that's unfortunate. But it's, like, the we don't eat much doesn't make good TV anymore. It probably was really important to the storytelling of 
the first season of Survivor because it was a new concept for a show. But like, we're over thirty seasons in, right? Like, we don't need to see. We we right. we know there isn't much, right? So then, when you get down to it, that's why Big Wendy's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it was an interesting uh, tribal only because I feel like most people probably knew who was going home when the vote started. Um, I think Wentworth's just too smart to not play her idol in that situation unless she was fucking sure yeah. that she had gotten picked up. Um, and I think it's a good, easy for her to trust uh, what happened. It happened off camera, but or didn't appear on the show. But um, there's no reason for the like comma people to come to her and be like, let's vote out one of our own. Right. If they're not going to do it. Like... You know what I'm saying? Like, what benefit would they have of coming to Wentworth and Lauren and David and being like, y'all vote with us, we're going right. to get rid of Eric. Um, so when somebody comes to you with that, it's like, well, why would they do that if they're not being honest about it? Yeah. Um, so you just go, well, I'm not going to play our idol, so Lauren's not going to play her idol. Because as soon as Wentworth played hers, Lauren was going to play hers. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. Right. Because they know that they're splitting. <laughs> Lauren's actually in a good spot because she's got a great idol player, a player of idols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As somebody who pretty much will just tell her, like, if I, you know, Lauren knows, if she plays hers, I play mine just instantly. Don't even think about it. And she's in a good position because Wentworth is the target. I know that on Survivor, oftentimes they'll go for their target's buddies and their alliance members first. Pick them off that way. But I feel like that that's not how Kama has worked so far. They've, They've really kind of been going for the jugular with everything. Like, not like, well, let's keep Joe around for a little bit. They're like, nope, Joe, gone. If I fucking hear Ron, though, at the beginning of next week, be like, I don't know why we did this. I guess nobody wants to see their loved ones. I'm going to get fucking livid. You know what? They should have they let Ron go see his loved ones and voted him out. And I feel like this is the classic Survivor mistake, and maybe it's 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 for the TV, but I, I'm like you, Brent. I don't like metagaming it, but it's hard not to. Right. But... Anytime anyone goes like, I think I've got this game figured out, it's like, okay, you're going to lose. Yes. You are absolutely going to lose. If you if you go, I'm in control of everything. Yeah, it's like when you when we're like doing our predictions on who's going home this week, and it's like, uh, if you predicted the person who looks like they're going to go home in the beginning of the episode, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you're safe. Yeah. It's going to be somebody else. <laughs> but it's a good episode. Uh, the season is still... Lackluster, I'd say. It's below it's, average, but this is, uh, you know, like unwatchable. In the pre-merge, I was saying that maybe once things merge, maybe it could kick into a higher gear, and which is the normal Survivor way yeah, of things. And last week, at least started that shift yeah. to yeah. an entertaining finish. I mean, we're coming off one of the great seasons in Survivor history, so it's you know it's tough to not remember that and just how every week was a roller coaster. Yeah, it's the old, like, George Bush thing being sandwiched in between, like, two great speakers. Mm -hmm. It just made him look worse than he probably was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Both both George Bushes. (laughs) Yeah. True. Yeah. Hey, you guys got any breezy? Breezy, breezy, breezy. I actually don't have much breezy. I got one. Yeah. Uh, There's a movie that I think all of us were, like, intrigued by when we heard about it. Um, and, uh, but also kind of like 
do we really need this? And we saw a teaser for it. It looked kind of cool, but we still didn't know. Yeah. And then we got a trailer for Joker this past oh, week. Oh, yeah. And the trailer looked fucking awesome. It looked really good. Yeah. That, the trailer looks neat. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Buddy Pritt um, last night about it, and he was saying, like, if it's just a character study on the Joker and not an origin story, I'm totally cool with that. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. That'd be great. Yeah, it does look like it is. It, it's more origin story e, but not. I mean, and that's fine. <clears throat> you know, I I just hope that it that it is like you said. Not sure if we need this movie. I just hope that it's like ambiguous and kind of lets all of the other iterations of the Joker continue to still be on like the field of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I, I kind of don't want the Joker to be canonized. I want him to be an agent of chaos, even in yeah, like. The fiction, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't be upset if this movie like didn't take place in Gotham if the Wayne Enterprises isn't a thing. Right. Like if it's just you know this dude. Yeah. Because um, a big bad Joaquin Phoenix, I think we all are. He's incredibly talented. Who's directing this movie? It's Todd uh, Phillips. Yeah. Okay. And what else has he done recently? Uh, Todd Phillips. Because I get him mixed up with like Adam McKay because they both got their start in like Will Ferrell comedies. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, he's the Hangover movies. Okay. Um, I think that's right. This movie once had some attachment to Martin Scorsese. Did he stay on as like a producer? Or... Um, because the trailer definitely reminded me of a couple of Martin Scorsese movies. Todd Phillips also did get a start with a Will Ferrell comedy. He directed Old School yeah. and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. He's a, he, Todd Phillips has a cameo in Old School. He's the, uh, the guy who's here for the... Here for the gangbang? Oh, nice. Yeah. He has been nominated for an Academy Award for uh, Adapted Screenplay. <laughs> Any guesses? Uh, no. <laughs> Gosh, I have no idea. Uh, Borat. Okay. Wow. Got an okay. Oscar nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. It must have been a strong year. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited. I, like, Joaquin Phoenix can do like unhinged really well. Yes. And I think that that is basically the only thing that was on his, like, his bio sheet when <laughs> I think he went for, first to shoot the first I feel day. like he's just doing Joaquin Phoenix really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, when he's doing Unhinged really well. Um, it uh, The Scorsese movies the trailer reminded me of a lot were Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy. Mm. And so, if we get closer to it, I might recommend those movies to you. Once. Yeah. Um, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, and Mark Maron are all in this film too so nice it's a fun cast yeah um, I don't see Scorsese's involvement at all no Bradley Cooper's a producer on it did you say De Niro mm-hmm. yeah okay I saw him on the he's on the stage in the trailer yeah um but yeah no Scorsese just Bradley Cooper's all I see which is funny because Todd Phillips is a producer on Stars Born it's yeah. intriguing uh, for sure um it's a yeah. really well done trailer at the very least. So, it's gotten me more excited to see that movie. Yeah. A uh, <clears throat> little bit from gaming. Not much. Um, you know, there's always shit that I don't like talking about here. Because I don't... <laughs> some, some of it's, like, exciting to me, but probably boring to most people. <laughs> like, there's going to be two new hardware revisions for the Switch coming out later this year. <laughs> one of them's going to be more like a 3DS, and one of them's going to be more like... A souped-up version of the current Switch, and you guys, you know, you don't give a shit. It's like a business decision. Who cares? Um, 
But uh, I did think it was interesting. Uh, so, you remember Nintendo Labo? Is that the cardboard? Yeah. Yeah. So, they had this cardboard thing, and it was like kind of successful, but pretty much everyone who got one was like, I played with it for a little bit, and then I've never touched it since. Yeah. I didn't build anything else. I just built like the weird piano, and it was cool, but now I'm just, it's taking up space. Right. So, they are getting into VR, Nintendo is, and they're doing it with a Labo kit. To basically like hold your switch and then do like the the two screen VR thing, where you'll build like a cardboard set of goggles or helmet or something that's going to hold your switch console in front of your face, mm. and you'll do VR with Nintendo that way, um, which is interesting. Weird. Um, it's, it's a strange choice to to go for. To really like hold on to that cardboard uh, motif rather than just make something comfortable. Yeah, make something comfortable. Also, like if I were Google, oh, it'd be great. But <laughs> if I were Google, I'd look at that because Google has VR cardboard shaped VR headset that you slot your phone into, uh-huh. and now Nintendo <laughs> just like kind of jumping and saying, "Hey, we do cardboard too. We're doing it now." <laughs> Seems like a strange move, but. uh they just the the news this week. That was that story was from a couple weeks ago. The news this week was that it's going to be all of the Nintendo's first party titles. Like it's going to be like Super Mario Odyssey and like Breath of the Wild. So huh. it's not going to be. They're going to like go back and develop like VR compatibility with those, which I think is super interesting. Uh, I don't know if I will ever really want to play Breath of the Wild in VR, but. I might try it, mm-hmm. especially if the cost to get into it isn't buying some six hundred dollar headset or having to upgrade my computer to the tune of like twelve hundred more dollars. And it's just like, okay, well, here's a piece of fucking cardboard and the console I already have and the controllers I already have. Let me just like fold this thing and chunk, put it in, and now I'm, you know, link. Your link. Yeah. I feel like we could just get a couple of like wire coat hangers and construct a thing that could hold your switch <laughs> in front of your face. <laughs> That would that'd be that would work. Yeah. I don't know where you're going with coat hangers. <laughs> this is Georgia. Passing some interesting laws. Uh you wanna talk about what to watch this weekend? I, I want you to tell me I what guess. to watch. What's even coming out, TJ? Um, hell boy, hell boy, hell boy. Three movies you could pick and then this movie I'm about to talk about. <laughs> called After. Okay. Um, I haven't even seen before. The film stars Josephine Langford as Tessa Young, a college student who begins a turbulent relationship with a bad boy, air quotes, going by the name of Hard Scott. <laughs> um, but here's what you need to know about this movie. He defeated regular Scott. It, based on a 2014 novel, the same name. Um, oh no, not the same name. Writer Anna Todd posted the first chapters of a novel titled After on Wattpad. Her original story was based on Harry Styles and Zayn Malik of One Direction attending college in the state of Washington. So it is a movie based on One Direction fan fiction. Ooh. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> it's fucking weird. That's <laughs> what it is. Well, I mean, that's... Like, all... Like, like young adult fiction is just fan fiction. Like, the, the reason why it is so popular now... They can they can all thank people writing like weird erotic fan fiction like Twilight that put so much money into that genre and that was just Harry Potter fanfic and then the author went well what can I do so it's not super pervy that I'm a grown ass woman 
having like thoughts about sixteen-year-old boys. I know there'll be a hundred-year-old vampires who yeah. choose to be boys. <laughs> For me, <laughs> in my dreams. So there's after uh, this movie Chris is talking about, and I think a lot of people are excited about starring Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich. Uh, Ian McShane, Sasha Lane, Dale Day Kim, Thomas Hayden Church, and David Harbour of Stranger Things in the title role of Hellboy. Yeah. Is coming out this weekend. It'll be interesting. I just saw a new trailer for it. Uh, doesn't look like it's trying to appeal to people who like movies. Looks like it's trying to appeal to people who want to see guns and hear swear words and see boobs. Because it's very just like shock jockey, like, this movie's rated R. Mm. And then it like shows a clip of Hellboy like almost saying the F word. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, about it. Neil Marshall is the director. He directed The Descent, which is a critically acclaimed horror movie. Yeah, um, but he is much better known for directing the episode of Blackwater, Game of Thrones. Okay. Ah, yeah. So um, he's got he's got chops. Yeah. Uh, the next two have been uh, heavily advertised. Uh, I think we've seen trailers for them both uh, in the movies lately. Uh, Little is coming out this weekend finally. Nice. It's the like female counterpart to Big, it looks like. Not in a rip-off way, but like in a kind of a reboot way. Yeah. Um, it's like the little it's it's like the female and like black American version of Big, which seems fun. Right. Yeah. Starring uh, Regina Hall, Issa Rae, and Marseille Martin. I saw the trailer, the trailer looks fun as shit. Yeah. So it's also a reverse. Big. It's uh instead of becoming big, uh, it's sort of a kid that because right, right, it's right. an adult who becomes little. The, the title alone makes me think, like, okay, it's fine. Nobody's going to give you shit about, yeah. like, you're ripping off big. So they called it little. They know what they're doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Intentionally. Yes. <laughs> um, and we got one more, actually. Uh, animated film that the trailer's kind of growing on me on. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, Emma Thompson leading their voices to Missing Link. Um, uh, what is that? Like an evolutionary movie? Yeah, they pretty much find success watch, but it's the stop motion animation. Um, I had the studio pulled up and I lost it. Oh no, TJ like a whoopsie. Oh, it is like a production. Yeah, cool. Um, like it does really good shit. Kubo, Paranorman, Kubo. So uh, probably the first movie of the year that has like the highest chances of being nominated for an Oscar. Um, so that's one too. Um, I don't know. This is a fun week to pick. As long as you don't pick after. Uh, what? That's against the rules? No. You're not allowed to pick after? You can't. No. I want to stick with my, with, with, with my, my friends at Studio Leica. Even though I... <laughs> I hated the idea of the movie Smallfoot. <laughs> like, yeah. I really hated that that movie existed. And you were like, it's supposed to be pretty good. You might have to watch it. It might get nominated. It was gonna be one that I chose not to watch, but <laughs> I like studio like that. I like what they do, so I'm picking them. What is you, Brent? Missing. What is I'm going with Missing Link. Is that the name of the movie? Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that too. So you got three of us saying go see Missing Link, the new studio like animated film, um, stop motion animation. Yep. But Hugh Jackman. So I said, you got some good voices in there too. I like Mr. Ackman. Huge Ackman. <laughs> anyway, let's end this. Yep, that was Talking Talk. Uh, that was it. That was Talking <laughs> Talk. Uh, you can email us. You can tweet with us. You can join our Facebook groups. 
You can uh, subscribe to our podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast. You can uh, give us a rating. Please give us a nice, hefty rating. Nice. And uh, thank you to the Willow Walkers for the intro music. Thank you to Burifa. Thank you. And thank Kicking you rocks to TJ down and old dusty roads. Bye. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All